the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. All right, we're back today with The Green Peak. I'm Richard Zwicky, uh, founder and CEO of Planet Global. And today I'm hosting uh, Tim Phillips, who's the managing director of eSig Intelligence. Uh, Tim, eSig Intelligence is a, uh, a firm operating out of the UK that looks at uh, the vape market, the tobacco market, and of course the cannabis market as a whole. And uh, your firm is based, uh, I think, out of central London, if I'm correct looking at uh, the market worldwide? So we're independent business analysts. We provide data on the market. Um, we have a team of uh, market data analysts looking at market sizing, consumer segmentation, that kind of information on, on kind of market stats. And then we also have a team of lawyers tracking the, the legal changes going on in both the nicotine vaping spaces and, and in CBD. Um, and uh, and the reason we have those two combined is that these these sectors, both of them, are very much affected by the way that regulations are developing globally, um, and the and the market growth um, is really affected by what happens on the regulatory side and how that that starts to um, to move. Um, and and just a final point on 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 kind of what sort of company we are and who we work for. We have about thirty five analysts. Um, on the vaping side, we provide our data to um, lots of industry uh, people, so lots of you know pharma, tobacco, and, and international um, vape companies. But we also provide it to um, the FDA. So the U.S. government uses our vaping data. Um, we've provided it to um, uh, various uh, government entities in, in Europe over here as well. Um, and so, just to make that point, that we, we're sort of independent of the sector, which is which is very important. So we have objective data, which um, which hopefully people rely on. It, it is very valuable. And I know uh, we do use CB Intel for uh, some of our work looking at uh, market opportunities uh, because the markets are, as you said, you've got a whole team of lawyers looking at um, and analyzing the regular, regulatory changes as they happen. And that's uh, continuing to evolve quickly and dynamically right across the globe. But over the last few months, you know, you've uh, you were writing, I think, uh, recently just about the ETFs uh, dragging down on the uh, interest in the market, just having year-to-date declines of uh, heavy, up to 45%, 50% in some cases. And some of the individual stocks, of course, are off uh, 90% over where they were earlier this year. But when you look at it as a tough year for investors, you also have to look at it in terms of a lot of those are early investors who, even at the reduced prices, still have made a tremendous gain, maybe took their money out of the market, let it fall, and now we're looking to get back in and participate with strong survivors. And are you seeing much of that? And are you seeing the, uh, the interest in the market having changed over the last few months in terms of where people are looking? and coming through you uh, from the perspective of intelligence into the market? It's probably for other people to talk about the investment side specifically. I think where, we're, where we have interaction with investors, certainly um, there's been a, a, you know, kind of a, a concern earlier in, in this year about where the market is going. I think that 
particularly what what has been of interest on the CBD side, very much so, is that um, the uncertainty around regulations of CBD, in fact, the continued uncertainty, is kind of providing some uncertainty for, for investors. And of course, where investors don't understand exactly what the the kind of playing field is going to be, um, there is some concern. So these kinds of areas, which are still regulated in a, in a slightly grey area, um, are providing kind of compl- you know they're, they're providing kind of complex um, uh, landscapes for investors to come into. Having said that, I think the particularly the CBD space is exactly where um, where there is you know there, there's huge consumer demand. And it's being satisfied by numerous very fragmented companies. And I think what we're seeing is a market that is building despite um, investors' concern, right? So I think that on, on the consumer side, the demand is certainly there. There are plenty of companies rushing in to meet that demand. Um, and if, if that continues to grow, I think you know investors will become more um, focused on results and not necessarily on um on you know on, on some of these concerns that they've had, um, yes. I, I, I suspect we're going to talk about kind of vaping crisis and stuff like that. I mean, there's been a lot of things happening in the sector which have caused investors to go a bit jittery. So um, yeah, I, I can I can I can agree to that. Sure. There there have been a number of things which have caused investors to get jittery, and of course, the vaping crisis um, is a big part of that, and that doesn't just affect the uh, the cannabis marketplace, but uh, affects right across all channels. And we should come back to that again in a couple of minutes. But you you did touch upon something that is very different in Europe than in North America is the accessibility of CBD, where the uh, once the product is within the EU, in many countries, it's, it's very openly distributed, whereas in North America, it's still uh, harder to get, even in Canada, where everything has uh, legalized fully, there isn't necessarily the supply or the, the outlet channels. What are you seeing as far as uh, distribution in the UK and then across the EU um, around the distribution of CBD? How how quickly is that opening and how accessible is it? So um, it's uh, it's like very varied, I think, and perhaps we should talk about the UK separate from quite a lot of other countries in Europe. The UK at the moment is booming. The CBD market is clearly booming. Um, and as you rightly said, Richard, you, there's there's huge amounts of availability. Um, we're seeing high street stores, you know, big box stores taking the product and pushing it quite hard. So that's, you know, that's pretty exciting. Uh, there's a lot of competition. It's really fragmented. It's very difficult for consumers to understand um, the differences between the various different types of products. And we're still seeing huge variation in product. Um, you know, pricing and branding and so on, let alone what's actually in the product. So, um, you know, it's a story of lots of variability. At the moment, um, there's, there's a pretty open market for distributing widely across various different types of, um, uh, of retailer. Um, but I mean, I, you know, not to sort of be negative, but there is a, there is a small kind of gray cloud floating over all of this because we are starting to see some concerns around, um, the interpretation of novel foods. So CBD that goes into any kind of, uh, ingested product is going to come under increasing restrictions, I think, going forward. Um, and similarly, uh, you know, for, for skin cream and cosmetics, I think that's going to also start to, um, to have some restrictions going forward, so it's not it's not a fully open, easy 
uh, to access market. There are lots of issues to to understand, but but the UK is certainly booming. Um, for the rest of Europe, it's a very mixed story, right? I think lots of um, there there are lots of difficulties um, popping up. Um, uh, and anecdotally, we're hearing lots of stories where people are having trouble importing CBD on a wholesale basis. And then there are problems um, in state with with products being sold in in various retail environments and, and products you know being taken off shelves and so on. So it's not simple. But as I said right at the start, I think the consumer demand is continuing to build, um, and that's what makes, in my view, the CBD area really exciting. It's the one area of the cannabis sector which is you know is is actually got results. Um, and as I, as I always point out, you know, Germany has had medical cannabis running for a number of years now, um, and we still think that this, the consumer CBD market is larger than the uh, than the medical cannabis market in Germany at the moment. So, Well, um, let's come you know, back to, to that after the break, uh, Tim, because that okay. actually opens up a few different points of discussion, uh, just that one, uh, one little bit. So, Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll be back with Tim Phillips from eSig Intelligence and CBD Intel. And I'm Richard Zwicky with Planet Global, your host. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. It's time to present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hempresent, only on Cannabis Radio. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of The Green Peak. All right, I'm Richard Zwicky, back with Tim Phillips from CBD Intel and eSig Intelligence. Tim, just before the break, we were talking a bit about, well, a lot of uh, aspects, both the uh, vaping scandal, but the CBD in the marketplace in the UK, cosmetics, foods, and other materials. And one of the things that uh, is notable in that is how is the market differentiating in the UK between hemp-based CBD and full-spectrum extracts that are uh, 
use as the basis for the, for the product? Yeah, okay. Um, thanks, Richard. That's a great question. Um, and there's lots of debate. The debate has raged since we've been um, looking at this sector in the UK. Um, to give you the ground, there, um, there are various sets of regulations, particularly the novel food regulations, <coughs> which basically mean that <coughs> if, a, uh, if a food is new to the food chain prior to, to um, if it's been in existence prior to 97, it's not novel. If it's been introduced after that date, then it's considered to be novel and it needs to go through an approval process. Um, and that's quite sensible regulations, just making sure that anything that gets brought into the human food chain is, is tested and, and people know what's in it. Um, now, CBD, um, particularly in the UK, it's been argued for some time that full-spectrum CBD, in other words, CBD that contains both CBD and some THC, if it, if it contains the same levels um, of, those, of those compounds as in the hemp plant originally, then it would not be novel. Um, and I think we've always had a problem with that argument, frankly. I don't think um, it's going to fly. And I think sure enough, we're starting to see um, that come through where um, so the European Commission has, has um, earlier this year pronounced that uh, their view was that CBD was a novel food. So, Tim, on the question of CBD in the UK, let's talk very, very precisely about how the market is uh, dealing with hemp versus full spectrum and also how it's testing. Is everything that's hitting the market in the UK being fully tested or is there still dual channels uh, that are bringing product to market? That's a great question, Richard. So the, um, the issue around testing, I think, uh, is easy to answer. Most products um, are not being tested at uh, an official level. I dare say lots of responsible manufacturers are testing their products, but there's no official requirement to do so. Um, but what is happening in the UK is this development around full-spectrum versus isolate um, product and the um, the question really revolves around the legislation and how that's being interpreted in the UK. So um, we've got the, these uh, novel food requirements, which mean that any food that has entered the human food chain after 1997 is deemed to be novel and needs to go through an application process, which is a, you know perfectly standard and and kind of accepted uh, process in the food industry, um, and quite rightly just you know requires. Uh, companies and manufacturers to test their product. Um, what looks like happening in the UK and frankly also the rest of Europe is that companies that are supplying CBD are going to have to go through an application process for novel food. Um, and that will require testing, as you, um, as you mentioned. Um, and I think probably as your question implied, it probably will um, mean that, uh, that, 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 you know, that companies have to go through a, a testing process which is going to benefit consumers in the end. I think you know, at the moment there is a problem because um, whilst there are lots of responsible companies out there, as I said, there are plenty of companies that don't do any testing at all and that's clearly going to be a danger to the, to the sector. Um, and as we've seen happening in the US where you've got these, these, these fast moving um, consumer products uh, growth, you know, industries, that there can be problems. And, and we've seen that with the vaping deaths in the US. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the whole testing issue is so basic and fundamental. I know at Plano, we spend a lot of time on compliance and testing and we have our own labs, but we also do circle testing with multiple labs to make sure, you know, that in case one lab would have a false positive results or, you know, saying that there's nothing there, we want to double check always. 
And that's a, you know, a huge, hugely important in terms of being a company supplying into the market because you need to be careful. And in the UK, how will it, how will it be uh, affecting the companies as they do hit testing, but as from a liability perspective, the companies have been putting product in the market, not testing it properly, and later we discover there's a problem. And that, of course, leads us into the whole vaping issue after. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, what does it mean? Um, it depends, I guess, is the answer. Um, and, and the question of liability will really depend on what kind of product is causing a problem, a, a theoretical problem in the future, and what have the manufacturers been doing with that product? You know, have they been following, um, you know, a standard procedure or have they been really lax in terms of what they're doing or, or, or even worse, um, you know, have they been adding ingredients that end up being, you know, turning out to be dangerous? So I think the question of liability is not a clear one. It, it kind of depends um, on a case-by-case basis. Um, but... Um, you know, I think the 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 way that the market is developing, um, it will be beneficial for the sectors to start doing um, testing and um, and to have some kind of a, a level of standards that are applied to across the industry. That's that's got to be a good thing, uh, you know, long term. I think. Yeah, no, it ha- testing is key to success because consumer confidence, it's trust, and you know, just one bad batch makes everybody concerned. Now we see that with the uh, vaping crisis. That's uh, you know, hit through a lot through North America. I think only very little in the UK by comparison to in North America. But that's very much uh, cast upon across the market because of counterfeit goods and uh, the channels that aren't legal uh, spreading into the regular. And most of it is price-driven, of course. People will buy the cheaper product. Those liabilities and threats, um, how, are they, how are you seeing that affecting the market or the perception of the market in the UK? Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I think what we're seeing, um, which is is kind of ironic, is that the nicotine vaping markets are being hit much harder than the cannabis vaping markets. First point. Um, uh, a lot of that is in the U.S. because there are various issues getting mixed up into one. So one, we've we've got you know vape related illnesses. Um, which are affecting thousands of people. I think the latest CDC numbers were, you know, 1,600 cases across all states in the U.S. Pretty much, um, and you know, uh, and a number of deaths. Very sadly, and um, that's getting mixed up with kids vaping nicotine products um, in the U.S. Um, and therefore, there's this whole push to try to ban flavored, flavored vape products and, and flavors in general. Um, and it's also then getting mixed up with the, the regulation process for nicotine vaping, which is coming to play from May next year. So those three issues have been kind of mixed up in the media. Um, it has been mixed up, and it's, UK, it's disappointing yeah. that that uh, you know it's very disappointing that that message does get mixed. Especially, and it's quite ironic also that when you see the tobacco companies are looking at the uh, cannabis space also as a remediate remediatory move. Um, I've been speaking to a number of executives in various uh, tobacco companies over the last while, and you know they look at cannabis as being the next opportunity for them. And some of them say, you know, we the ability of cannabis to help people who have COPD and other uh, pulmonary diseases that are, you know, may or may not be t- origin in tobacco, but the ability to allow them to improve their lung quality and uh, the effectiveness over the next while is. Uh, a strange place the, can, the tobacco companies are looking at how to help people after they've experienced lung damage. And I think we should come back to that after the, uh, after the break. 
which we'll be taking now on the Green Peak and coming back with Tim Phillips from CBD Intel. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome got to Cannabis Conf. Oh, yeah. you got me again. All right. Got you, again. you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know the one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. So Tim, uh, we were talking a bit about the uh, whole vaping crisis before and you know, quite honestly... It's, uh, I think everybody agrees if you're uh, doing business right and you're making sure that your products are clean and safe, uh, well, the, the market noise may, uh, may affect you. It, those companies that are really paying attention to quality are the ones that are going to come out of this ahead of everybody else. Uh, but let's talk a bit about more the, uh, the food rules as they apply in the UK and the EU and cosmetics because, quite honestly, the European market in many ways is far ahead is coming up and quickly passing uh, the North American markets for access to canvas based products and uh, it's amazing to see how quickly that transformation is happening what are you seeing with regards sure. to cosmetics and foods that are coming out now and over the next six to twelve months as an opportunity for entrepreneurs and investors well I, I, I go to quite a lot of European um, cannabis trade shows particularly focused on CBD obviously I think what we're seeing is a big growth in in a variety of different kind of delivery mechanisms, if you, if you want to call them that. So um, what's starting in the UK um, is a whole kind of 
growth in new types of foods. Lots of drinks are coming through with, with CBD in. Um, we're seeing a lot of different kinds of um, products. And, and as you said, cosmetics are, are really big. Um, there's lots of opportunity for companies that are not the big majors, sort of international um, uh, companies, you know, particularly sort of skin creams and things like that that are coming through that are, are very interesting. Um, and then I, the, the thing that also strikes me is the sort of innovation around branding. What, we're, what we've not seen is any one big brand established itself as a market leader yet. Um, and so there's a lot of market space open for, for people to jump into and create innovative brands. Um, you know, which which will, if they're successful, will be leading brands for, for many years to come. No, I agree with you. And I think, you know, our hypothesis is that until there's large-scale supply of quality product, um, those brands are going to be, have a tough time uh, being exposed globally and really gaining the, the traction. Do you see anybody uh, out of Europe that's uh, starting to build that brand that really is, if it were just a matter of having more supply, they really would be exploding that are that are sitting on the sidelines, not the ones that are in there today. Well, at the moment, I think we're seeing development in each of the markets of local brands generally. So we're not seeing kind of pan-European brands um, so much. We're seeing a lot of local players that are starting to be kind of local heroes in their local market. Yeah. Um, and um, whilst we... You know, whilst as I said, we don't see kind of one single brand that's the the killer brand. We don't we don't have the jewel of CBD developing in in Europe yet. Um, right. But um, but I think we are starting to see some consolidation, and we're seeing particularly in the bigger markets that we've got some some kind of breakthrough brands that are starting to be recognised, and we're seeing them come up on our data. You know, every every month or every quarter. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think that, you know this is just the start. And, it, and if I want to compare it to, to the way the vaping market developed, I think it was exactly the same. We had very, very fragmented market to start with, and then it started to build into um, you know big brands with big market shares that started to dominate. And, and they did so because they were you know successful, good branding, and 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 did good distribution. And how do you see you know a decade or so ago, people had very low awareness of CBD. And, uh, you know, decade and a half ago or so. And now, of course, it's the rage. And THC, of course, we've been aware of for a while for its effects. But there's all the other cannabinoids. Are you seeing any businesses starting to develop look in Europe that are looking at the, you know, the next wave, the CBGs, the CBDVs, which are incredibly powerful for cosmetics and uh, other things? And then the, from the food additives and food supplements, there's, pro, you know, there's compounds which help suppress appetite, but also increase appetite depending on the medical condition you've got. Is there much discussion mm. of that in the European market? I, I would say there's, there's uh, not that much, certainly less discussion than we're seeing in the US. And, um, and I think part of the reason is that, that CBD as a concept is still building. So, um, you know, consumers are still out there looking for something called CBD. Um, many of them don't necessarily realize that there are CBD, CBN and, and all the others. Um, and I think that that's something that will come once the market consolidates and becomes kind of, you, you've got a better educated consumer. Um, I think, though, it's, it's worth pointing out that even in the US, it's still very minor. You know, yeah, we are starting to see some of these other cannabinoids come through, but they're still very small part of the, you know, what we're seeing is the, the entire CBD um, market. So, you know, I think it will come, but I think it will take, it'll take time. And as I said, I think consumers are still 
looking out for a product that's called CBD, and they would be pretty confused right now if we started to launch, um, you know, other other cannabinoids. Right, and that's uh, that's a good point. The consumer is just beginning to learn what the opportunity is, <clears throat> but you know, as it's learning, the market is trying to evolve as rapidly as possible within the framework that exists. And you know, one of the things that seems to be holding back the transition of the industry in Canada is the uh, the excise tax that's uh, sitting on products and of about ten percent. And in the U.S., of course, you've got state by state variety where. Um, the regulatory framework is such a patchwork, it's causing issues. What's it like in Europe and the UK with regards to taxes? And is that going to be creating headaches for, for the market as it transitions? Or is it actually that been uh, tackled much at all yet? Well, here's the thing, Rich. I think the irony about the North American cannabis markets is that as um, adult use and medical marijuana markets have developed over in North America and tax has clearly followed that, um, it's actually much harder to get CBD. CBD, you know, needs to go through those regulated channels. Therefore, it's kind of harder for consumers to get hold of it and products often taxed. Um, the opposite really exists in Europe where, uh, you know, we've got lots of medical cannabis markets developing, developing across Europe, but they're, they're very new. And what they're not is a, um, a kind of Trojan horse for, for recreational use. So, you know, so the, the taxing of it is just not an issue at the moment in, in Europe. Uh, and what we're seeing is, uh, you know, CBD really inhabits this kind of gray area, which is between medical and, and recreational. And it's neither of those. It's a, it's a consumer product. So, you know, no tax applies right now. And um, I can't see it applying for the next five years just because I don't see, I don't see uh, uh, you know, recreational markets developing in, in Europe in, in that time frame. Yeah, and that's a that's a great place for with with which we uh, we should end is that difference. You know, a lot of the uh, North American uh, operators and business people don't look to the rest of the world with regards to the trends, and that's because we're so focused and busy with what we have right in front of us. But the European market is expanding dramatically, uh, both in speed and scale, but in a completely different way than the North American markets are. And uh, in many ways, it's going to be a simpler path to market for uh, companies but it'll be more complicated from the perspective of where the government catches up or participates going forward. And on that, um, we're going to have to end the, uh, the discussion today with Tim Phillips from CBD Intel and eSig Intelligence. Tim, which uh, website and URL would you like people to come and visit you at uh, to learn more about what's going on in Europe? Yeah. Thanks. I think CBD hyphen Intel.com. So CBD hyphen I in the middle dot, uh, Intel.com would be the best place. Um, but um, but obviously, eticintelligence.com as well is, uh, is another uh, of our sites to look at. Fantastic. And thanks for everybody for listening today. I'm Richard Zwicky of uh, Planet Global, and I had with us today Tim Phillips, the Managing Director of CBD Intel. Thanks, Tim. Thanks so much, Richard. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.